right, here we go. It's time for another edition of Jonesing for Football as we get you set for the NFL Draft, which is now. It is now young Cody Winstead right at three weeks away. We are bearing down on draft day. I am Bill Jones with CBS 11 in Dallas-Fort Worth. Also uh, host the Mike McCarthy Show for DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Broadcasting Network. And uh, wow, here we go. How about we? How about we go right into a position that's not of need for the Dallas Cowboys here in Dallas, but might be for the Philadelphia Eagles there, where Cody is broadcasting from. Uh, but I, I think the Cowboys could look at at wide receivers later in the draft. You're always looking at receivers because there are so many receivers every year. Re- receivers and cornerbacks. There's always so many, and there's such a need for them too, because that's the makeup of the league these days. But pretty good wide receiver draft last year. The Cowboys benefited as C.D. Lamb was still available for them in the middle of the first round, and, of course, they took him. Uh, But, I mean, you had Judy. You had uh, Jefferson last year. The other Alabama guys. Yeah, Henry Ruggs. Yeah, Ruggs. and those guys, they were all starting at about 10 through 20 in the draft last year. Okay. Jalen Rager out of TCU went to Philadelphia in the, in the first round as well last year. Well, these guys this year, they're projected to go in the top 10. I'm, I'm talking Jamar Chase from LSU, Jalen Waddell from Alabama, the Heisman winner, Devontae Smith from Alabama, all projected to go in the top 10. And you throw in Kyle Pitts a tight end who is more of a just a big wide receiver playing tight end. There's four receivers that might go in the top 10 of this draft. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, I think we've seen over the last couple of years, the importance of these elite skill players, these weapons, the chiefs won the super bowl two years ago. They got, they got weapons everywhere. The bucks, won the Super Bowl last season, and they've got a ton of receivers and a ton of dangerous dudes on the outside. And so I think as the NFL always does, they kind of copycat what everyone's doing. And um, right now it's in vogue to get as many home run hitters as possible. And to me, Devontae Smith, I watched him all year and he made huge plays. And he's not just one of those over the top guys that's quit, you know, like a speed guy. He's getting passes behind the line. He's running slants. Uh, he's running deep routes. And he's a really good route runner as well. To me, I would have a hard time passing on him. I'd have a hard time going any direction other than him if I have one of those top picks. And I'm okay, let me, let me just ask you. We'll go right there to Devontae Smith then. All right, is he better than Jalen Waddle? There's a lot of people who think that Jalen they like Jalen Waddle better than Smith. And how does he compare with the two guys last year, Ruggs and Judy at Alabama? Yeah, I watched I watched Alabama a handful of times, and I thought Devontae Smith was more of a home run hitter than Waddle. We'll, we'll see. Uh, Waddle seems like a nice player, and I'm not saying a bad word about him, but it looked to me like Smith has elite-level skills. Waddle is, looks like more of a high number two receiver um, rather than a number one receiver, which I think Devontae Smith could be. All right, there's another guy that has elite-level receiving ability and elite-level measurables as well, 
And that's the guy from LSU, Jamar Chase, who they played him as the X receiver. He opted out this year. He didn't play for LSU in 2020. But in 2019, as much talk as there was about Justin Jefferson, who had a great rookie year with the Minnesota Vikings, Jamar Chase in their national championship season in 2019 had 84 receptions for 1,780 yards and 20 touchdowns. He averaged 21.2 yards a reception and won the Bolitnikoff Award. And young Cody at six foot, 201 pounds, Jamar Chase at his pro day for LSU runs a 4.38 with 23, count them, 23 reps at 225 pounds, a 41 vertical, an 11 foot broad jump. And this might be the best shuttle time that I've seen in this draft. Maybe, maybe someone else has broken four in the shuttle, but he was a 398 in the shuttle and a seven flat cone drill. I give you Jamar Chase, the LSU wide receiver. You can't argue with those impressive numbers. Um, he looks like a, a clear future number one uh, receiver. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see where all these guys go. Does it, do we have a run on the receivers? Like you mentioned, maybe six through 10, or do we kind of push them back maybe towards um, the end of the top 10 there? Look at, look at what we're talking. There's a possibility. I mean, we've talked about the quarterbacks on an earlier episode there and, and there for sure three quarterbacks are going on the top three picks. And it looks like four if, if Mac Jones goes up there at number three to San Francisco you get to think that there's a pretty good chance that four are going in the top four picks, and you might have five going the top five picks at quarterback, and then you're looking at Kyle Pitts and these three wide receivers. There could be five quarterbacks and four receivers that go in the top nine picks of this draft. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Not, not a ton of defense. well for the Dallas Cowboys here because they're out on quarterbacks, and they don't need any of those receivers. They could use that tight end. We'll see. But at picking a number 10, it becomes they got the pick of the litter then. That's right. They could go offensive line. They could go anybody on the back. They can go linebacker. They can, yeah. That yeah. would be that would be Offen perfect yeah. for the Cowboys for sure. All right. Let me give, give me, me a, my guy, Bill Jones. Yeah, give me a guy. You want to talk about measurables. Okay, fine. I, when you were mentioning those Jamar Chase numbers, I actually thought you were looking off my paper and talking about my guy. He is an elite gadget guy, crazy quick. His name, Rondale Moore from Purdue, ran a 4-2-9-40 at his pro day. Pretty strong. Vertical, 42 and a half. That's really good. Um, here's where he's the difference maker. Strong. 24 bench reps. Bill yeah. What, okay. What, what, let's just compare him with Jamar Chase here. That's, that's All right. right. So he had a 429. Chase yep. had a 438. Yep. The vertical was 42 and a half. Chase had a 41 vertical. And the bench, 24 bench reps, and Chase at 23. He's there got him go. on all three of those categories right now. There you go. The 24 bench reps, I went back and looked this up. That would have been number one among wide receivers last year. That's how strong Ron Cone Dale drill. Moore is. Six, six, eight cone drill. 
and Chase was his seven flat. How about that? So when you watch Rondale, books. How tall is he? Okay, I'm going to get to that, Bill John. <laughs> the size is obviously what's holding him back a little bit here. Um, when I watch him, you look at, he's like Tyreek Hill, basically. He is just a Swiss Army knife, uh, half receiver, half running back. He's catching jet sweeps like crazy, smoke screens, swing passes. He's in the slot. Really an offensive coordinator's dream. And to me, the big thing in the NFL right now is, do you have a receiver that can take the top off of a defense? In my opinion, Patrick Mahomes is great in Kansas City. We all know that. He's LeBron. He's Jordan. He's Tom Brady. You know, the next greatest of all time. But without Tyreek Hill taking the top off of the defense, he would not be nearly as good. That is my opinion. I think Hill sets the table for the Chiefs offense. And I think Rondale Moore is the type of guy who can do that. Um, he was a beast. And I'm going to get to your negatives, Bill Jones. I'm going to get to the size. We'll talk about that. But let me talk about quickly his first year um, at Purdue. Day one on campus, dude's a stud. In fact, it's such a stud that it's my win stat of the day here. As a freshman at Purdue, Rondale Moore had 114 catches. And I went back and looked it up in amongst Big Ten receivers. That was the most since 2000 that a Big Ten a true freshman. First as year a, on as campus. A true freshman. That's more than Allen Robinson and Braylon Edwards had in their best seasons. Um, and obviously those guys were high picks and, and you know ended up being nice players in the league. Here's the issues for Moore and why he's not looked at among that big group or that top group of receivers we talked about. Injuries the past two seasons have limited him to seven games in the last two years. He missed most of 2019 with a hamstring, and then he missed most of 2020 with a lower body injury. Hmm, a hockey type of uh, wording there. Um, so that's a little concerning. But in my in my opinion, the dude is so dynamic; he's worth the risk. Now, Bill Jones, you know I love smart players, so I got to so I got to mention that as well. He checks the boxes there. As a freshman, I mentioned what he did on the field, 114 catches. He had a 371 GPA, third highest on the team at Purdue as a freshman. Points, points. And he's a multiple-time all-academic guy. Now, I, and I'll point this out about Rondell Moore is that he originally, how highly recruited was him coming out of Louisville, Kentucky, Trinity High School, where he was on a state championship team. Well, he was so highly uh, recruited that uh, he first committed to the University of Texas in 2017, and then he decommitted in December of that year and made the announcement at the U.S. Army All-American Bowl a couple of weeks later in San Antonio that he was committing to Purdue instead. Can you imagine how the last three years, well, assuming Rondell Moore had stayed healthy, how the last three years might have been different for Tom Herman at Texas if he had that dynamic playmaker coming in on campus immediately at Texas 
and being able to perform like he has. Five seven was his measurable. That's what he listed at Bill Jones. Five seven. So Tyreek Hill, in comparison, is five ten. Again, you got to have players that hit home runs. You got to have these game breakers, and they are incredibly helpful. So you're not going twelve play drive, thirteen play drive, fourteen play drive every time in the NFL. These dudes can get you a, a touchdown from anywhere on the field. And I was looking at landing spots. To me. The Titans and Packers, both of those teams, um, you know, kind of in the later end of the first round where he's not going to be the focus of a team. They've already got the obviously the Titans are elite running team. He'd be a great complimentary piece there. And also the Packers, to me, where they've got weapons in Aaron Rodgers, he would just be um, a really big addition for Green Bay. So how, how high is he going, you think? I hope he goes in that mid, uh, you know, mid twenties there in the first round. That that's what I you know. Hope. If Baltimore's taking Hollywood Brown, Marquise Hollywood Brown in the first round, I don't see why a team doesn't take Rondale Moore in the first round. It's funny you say that. That was a comparison that I was thinking too. I'm not sure Hollywood Brown would be the Ravens' pick again if they were to do that. That's just right. Not, and I'm not saying Rondale that Moore. could hurt him actually. And I. The other thing on Hollywood Brown that's kind of similar to this is, is Hollywood had some injury issues at Oklahoma and still was a first-round draft pick. I wasn't. I like C.D. Lamb better than Hollywood Brown. They're different type receivers, but you talk about a guy who can take the top off a of defense. Hollywood could do that. He had some drops that I was concerned about in his college career. And that's one of the things with a guy like Rondell Moore, when he's only played seven games the last two years, where is he? And that's something they can they were able to check out at his pro day. Apparently, he had a good pro day. And also, just looking back at his true freshman season at Purdue, when as what would have been he's only twenty. He turns twenty one on June 9th. Yep. So as a seventeen year old in twenty eighteen, he had one hundred fourteen receptions. I mean, that tells you tells you enough right there that Rondell Moore. Uh, can make the transition to the biggest stage. So let me give you another guy uh, that I was looking at out of Florida, Kadarius Tony. Have you heard of the rapper Young Joka, Young Cody? Uh, I'm familiar with a lot of young fill-in-the-blank, but I don't know Young Joka. Uh, young Joka would be KT, Kadarius Tony. He is also a rapper on the side. Good for him. I have not, I've not checked out his work as a rapper, but I have checked out his work as a football player at the University of Florida. And at six foot, 193 pounds last season for Florida. And what an offensive season Dan Mullen's team had last year. He had 70 receptions for nearly 1,000 yards, led the team with those 70 receptions, and had 10 touchdowns. He is uh, from Mobile, Alabama, went to Eight Mile High School in Alabama, where he was a starting quarterback for a couple of years there. In fact, Dan Mullen thinks that uh, Tony probably, and, and I don't know what this says about Kyle Trask, probably has the strongest arm on their team. Kyle Pitts says that uh, he just does things that regular people don't do. His tape is very impressive. He had a 40 vertical at his pro day, an 11-4 broad jump. The cone drill was 6.88. And so what you're seeing on tape is not a lie. Kadarius Toney 
who is projected by uh, Daniel Jeremiah has him as his, his fourth rated receiver in this draft and at number 23 overall player. Uh, Pro Football Focus had him as the eighth receiver and the 38th player. So you're looking at perhaps as early as late first round, probably second round. Kadarius Toney uh, is a guy that uh, you should check out. I like that. And Bill Jones, the more the more um, you study these prospects and then the more you see how they succeed into the NFL, uh, I've realized these dudes pretty much have to have a special skill. If you don't if you're not elite in one area, you kind of just get you kind of just get drowned out by a bunch of good athletes. The whole league is good athletes. The dudes who stand out and the dudes who make impacts early are the dudes mm. who are have they have special speed. Or, you know, they're huge. Uh, DK Metcalf, for, for example, he's just insanely rare. And so you need something that kind of separates yourself from the other guys in the league. And it sounds like Tony uh, could be one of those guys. Let me give you quickly, before we wrap it up, I went to the Minnesota Golden Gophers Pro Day uh, last week, and that's where I got to see Rashad Bateman, uh, their wide receiver, had a nice day. Uh, he ran a 4-3-9, which is pretty good for a guy not known for his speed. A solid athlete, 36 vertical, 10-3 broad. He was really getting after it running the routes to the point that some of the coaches were like, yo, dude, you probably settled down a little bit here because he was going <laughs> really hard, even warming up for the routes. Um, 31 NFL teams on hand, including a couple GMs, Brian Gutekunst from the Packers, John Robinson from the Titans, both there to watch him uh, in person. This dude was a, he was a beast uh, at Minnesota. Good freshman year, blew up as a sophomore. He was second in the Big Ten in yards um, as a sophomore, and that was 2019. Last year, he averaged uh, nearly 100 yards a game before he opted out to focus on the draft. Not a big dude, six foot uh, and three eights, 190. A lot of people were actually surprised that he only weighed 190 at the pro day because one, he's listed at 210 on their website, which we asked him about. Uh, Tom Pelissaro, our reporter, asked him about it afterwards, and he said, "I don't know where 210 came from." He said, "I've never played even above 200 in my whole life," and we were like, "Huh, that's interesting." So the sports information director decided we're going to we're going to enhance his pro stock and make him 210 instead of 190. Exactly. He said, I played near 190 my whole career. Um, and so the comp that I was looking at for him is a it's Debo Samuel kind of, you know, get the ball in his hands and he's going to make plays. And then Emmanuel Sanders. I, those were the two guys that I, I saw as far as size and uh, what they could be in the league. Like I said, we interviewed him after the um, after the workout. The one thing I'd say, solely focused on work and getting better. It was it was uh, fun to watch him play, and I liked his attitude. And he just said, listen, I'm going to work. Nothing else matters. I'm not going to tell you I'm the best receiver in the draft. I'm just going to tell you I'm going to work hard, and no one's going to outwork me, which I like that attitude. Watching some of his tape, uh, one of the things I was impressed with was his route running. And uh, if you look at his tape, he is wide open a lot. And I, I think it's, it is a credit to his ability to run routes. For sure. And like I said, 
uh, he was running, so he was running really hard in these workouts. And, um, uh, I was impressed with his speed, his ability to get in and out of cuts. I was like, okay, that's, that guy is, that's, it. That's, play it right right there. There. that's why Emmanuel Sanders, you know, someone like that, who's kind of a technician, uh, running routes. And obviously Emmanuel's had a great career and, uh, Rashad Bateman could be one of those guys as well. All right. Well, that sounds good. And then, you know, there's so many receivers to go through and I can't wait over the course of the next three, three weeks. I'm going to go through uh, some of those third day possibilities because uh, here in Dallas, I mean, with the Cowboys, you've got Amari Cooper, obviously Michael Gallup and CD lamb. They re-signed Noah Brown and Cedric Wilson, but you're always looking for receivers and uh, not so much for the Cowboys stake and state, but other teams the same way. You got to look at your roster that, okay, they may not have a need right now, but, all right, what are they going to do on down the road with Amari Cooper? What are they going to do? Michael Gallup goes into his uh, free agent year and so forth. And so you're always turning things over, and especially the amount of money that they've spent. So I think you're always looking for receivers, especially ones who might be able to help initially in, on special teams as well. Uh, so it's always interesting going through all the receivers, and we will find some more sleepers as we get closer to the draft. All right, young Cody, thank you very much. Good work, and Bill I Jones. Wait. It's going to be really fun next week as we dig uh, deeper and we'll turn our attention. What do you think we turn our attention to the defensive side of the football next week? Yeah, I'm for it. Like we mentioned, we might not have a defensive player taken in the top 10 in the draft. That's crazy. Uh, but but there are a few guys that deserve and your attention. And Cowboy fans, Cowboy fans will say, that's crazy if the Cowboys don't take a defensive player at number 10 after giving up the most points in the history of the franchise last year. But they also have other needs. We'll dive into that next week here on Jonesing for Football as we dig deeper into the big green NFL draft scouting notebook where we are looking for what, Cody? Five-star players. players. See you next time on Jonesing for Football.